Hello, Bond. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the last of our One Division spoiler specials. Ah, and I like to think that we have not only saved the shortest for last—that is incontrovertible—but we've also taken Vanessa Williams' advice and saved the best for last because this is an interview with Jack Schaefer, the show's creator, showrunner, and head writer, in which she and I get into a great big discussion of as much as we could in half an hour. Which means we chat about major stuff that unfolded in WandaVision, like the show's ending, like Agatha all along, like Fietro, and how she, as a writer, couldn't possibly have anticipated all the fan predictions that started springing up after every episode. But we also cover a bunch of other stuff as well. And we couldn't cover everything I wanted to, for example, but didn't get round to talking about the But What Is Grief, If Not Love Persevering line. But I hope that you will find plenty of note here and a whole bunch of answers that will shed further light on this fascinating, fantastic slice of TV. Right, that's enough wittering on for me. Here's, well, me talking to the wonderful Jack Schaefer. Vision on. We are delighted to be joined on this WandaVision spoiler special by the show's creator and head writer, Jack Schaefer. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so thrilled to be here. I, you sound a little bit like a robot, which I'm going to hope is the Wi-Fi, but maybe you've got some secrets up your sleeve. <laughs> oh, Lord, yes. I hope I sound normal to you. <laughs> uh, you sound normal to me. If I suddenly gone weird. Yeah, but it, it's better now. It's, okay. I like it. I mean, I like it. I'm, I'm in for a weird glitch. You know, that's my jam. <laughs> so I'm fine with it. <laughs> I thought it was those guys, a sword. They were, they were screwing with the signal again. They tend to do that, those sneaky, sneaky bastards. They yeah. do tend to do that, don't they? Uh, congratulations on the show. Uh, we, we're talking now, it's just over a week after the, the, uh, the final episode aired. And uh, what's, that, what's that week or so been like for you in terms of gauging reactions to the show, um, people chasing wild, wayward fan theories into the ether? What's, what's it been like from your point of view watching that sort of stuff percolate over the last well, few I mean, weeks? Yeah, it, it's been delightful to... to you know, have the full show out there and to not have to do the thing where I'm talking, but I'm not actually saying anything at all. Um, <laughs> so I, I love being in the zone where the whole thing exists. It's been given over to the viewers and the fans and everyone can do with it what they will. Um, uh-huh. You know, I'm, I'm a little jealous of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I got, I'm like, what, but, but aren't we a pretty girl too? Like, <laughs> There's a little bit of the handoff that I'm like, but wait, I, we've had your full attention for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but there's that, you know, there's been such an incredible appetite for turning over of, of all the details of her show. And I feel incredibly grateful um, for the whole experience of it. What's been your favorite fan theory? One that didn't come true. Oh, that didn't come true. Mm. Um, oh, that's a good one. Well, I mean, I think all of the um, Mephisto, Mephisto stuff is, yeah. is pretty hilarious because I had never heard of Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> so the, all that stuff, I was like, wow, why do we talk about the devil so much on this show? Like maybe that requires a little bit of self-examination because I mean, and and like there's also stuff that, that you know, Marvel, you know, drops in there and, and that Mary Lovanos, my producer, was aware of that just like flew right over my head. Such as? So that, yeah. Well, just that kind of like that there, you know, I didn't, I didn't clock the, the wine bottle in episode one, you know, um, Russell, our incredible prop master like that. I just, I mean, of course I know the house of M 
tie-in, you know, yeah. of the inspiration. But, but yeah, I missed that. Just uh, and and Paul Bettany sent me a text with a screen grab of it and was like, "You're a genius," and I was like, "Sure, sure." <laughs> I told him, of course, that was not me, and I had nothing to do with it. Um, so you know that kind of thing, and um, I also really enjoyed the the um theories about the commercials the the one that i thought was was pretty clever was that they're tied they're each tied to the infinity stone yeah i just thought that that i i appreciated that kind of like critical thought being applied to the show because that's certainly like how you know we were we were trying to be that clever that wasn't accurate but it's the kind of thing that we would have wanted to do and hoped that fans would have you know picked out it's it's been really fascinating watching the show unfold week by week as well and how it's been very interesting for me in terms of self-examination in terms of how easily swayed I can be with a theory um whenever for example Monica I think it's episode 4 maybe 5 talks about uh she has a friend who is a who's a aerospace engineer and immediately the internet starts doing its, its thing, speculation thing. And uh, but there's an episode of our podcast where I literally go from I've no idea who that is to complete certainty that it's Reed Richards by the end of the episode because I've read some stuff on the internet. And that's interesting. That must be something that you maybe didn't know you would have to contend with as as a showrunner, that people would have these theories and become so wedded to them so, so quickly, even though it's not a million miles away from what you had planned. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't anticipate that at all. And I think, I, I mean, I don't know if there was any way to prepare for it, you know, because Marvel hasn't done this, you know, weekly drop of a show before. Mm. So the, the sort of like the fervor and the fur over it was, um, I don't know, maybe they were expecting it. It was a surprise to me. And, and, and the, I don't know. Yeah. The like group think of it in the almost like mob mentality, positive mob mentality, but yeah, that it was like a runaway train. And that one in particular, you know, like we were doing a plot clarification thing to sort of, we were stringing that plot thread a thread along over several episodes. So I think it looked kind of conspicuous, but it was, it was really just a plot clarity thing so that audiences would remember that, that she was going to go and meet this person and there was mm. going to be a thing that we should be excited about. But yeah, it turned into like, a weird bat signal for Reed Richards, <laughs> which, which, yeah, was a surprise to us all. <laughs> That's a bat signal. Jack, you've blown this no, whole no, thing no, wide no, open. Oh, my God. <laughs> WandaVision is actually oh a Batman God. crossover. This is a the huge scoop. You're going to, you're going to just, it's just going to be clickbaity. I'm going to get in so much trouble. Please don't put that in yeah. any headline. <laughs> yeah. I, I am, I'm basically, I've, I'm clickbait. That's assumed human form. That's, that's what I am. There's a couple of things I wanted to, to ask you about, specific little tiny, just teeny tiny things before we get into the, 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 the bigger thematic heft of the show. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the commercials there. My theory for a long, long time, because it was the same actors who were in the commercial uh, time and time again, week after week. My theory was that they would be revealed to be Wanda and Pietro's parents. Obviously, I was barking up a very, very, very wrong tree. But was there any significance to the fact that it was the same actors week after week? You know, I, I, first of all, I loved that theory, that theory that it was her parents. I thought that was really beautiful and interesting. Um, mm. n- but the, the idea was that they're, that they are um, Westview citizens who have been co-opted for this purpose. Um, that we, we just liked the idea of the symmetry of the same actors, um, mm. especially 
the woman who plays the sort of Wanda surrogate, she has red hair and she has a very um, timeless look to her. And we could, you know, she's a terrific actress and um, she had helped us out with other things. And, and, and we just, we loved the idea that you could see her as a fifties housewife and you could also see her as an eighties housewife. Um, and it just, yeah, it, it had a sort of cohesion to it that we really enjoyed. But I, you know, I, I love, I think I loved that theory because it spoke to like, we were very careful, you know, in, in Pietro, fake Pietro's um, quote unquote, like little flashback in yeah. episode seven, where we see who these children who are, you know, supposedly Wanda and Pietro as children on a doorstep trick or treating that like jokey flashback. Mm. That's not the child actress that we used for the authentic flashback um, in episode eight, where we actually do see um, Wanda and Pietro as children. They're different kids. Mm. Um, so like that, we were, we were really careful with these choices. So I think that's why I love that theory so much. Cause it's, yeah, we were, we were being very deliberate. And, uh, you brought up uh, fake Pietro and, uh, we, we spoke for the, for Empire Magazine before the show came out and I brought up Evan Peters and my theory that Quicksilver might be involved. And you very quickly went, oh, I can't speak about anything to do with that. <laughs> um, now that you can talk about it, um, you, you, you put the, the, uh, the super cat amongst the super pigeons with that one. You, you really did. Um, I, it's so funny. I remember now I had forgotten that, that you were one of the first people who asked me that. And it was so early and I was so green. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, I couldn't even like after a few weeks, I got good at, at, you know, slipping past questions like that. But yeah, I think I just like my brain seized up. I made some noises. You took pity on me. That was very nice of you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I could talk about it. Um, Evan Peters is fantastic. He's a tremendous performer. It was an idea that Mary and I had early on. Um, it was one of the few ideas that was a was a, a bit motivated by the fan reaction, uh, mm-hmm. which is not normally how I how I work on these shows or or how I write at all. You know, I'm looking for audience reaction to emotion and to comedy. Usually, I don't often come at it from the sort of like Marvel fandom side side. But we knew that this would that it would just like detonate everybody's brains and um, hearts and minds. And so we were, you know, really excited about it. It had a lot to do, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the significance and our, our strategy and our thinking about it had to do with that. He is in fact, Agatha's pawn that he's meant to mess with Wanda's head. And that we, you know, we had a, um, a grief counselor come to, to the room and we we did some research on grief and there's there's a lot about like how people remember faces and the anxiety about not remembering the faces of your loved ones that their images fade away mm. or misremembering or actively misremembering things as a self-preservation tactic so all of that became really fascinating to us and we thought that by casting Evan in the role that it would not only have that effect on Wanda, but it would have this meta layer for the audience as well, that, that the audience would understand the, the sort of emotional mind scramble of this being, you know, kind of close, but no cigar um, for her brother. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting as well in terms of, you know, it's a show for the first, well, pretty much for the first eight and a half episodes about Wanda lying to herself as well, that she knows, she knows it's not Pietro, but she convinces herself to go along with it anyway, even though there's something nagging away at, at, at the back of her brain. 
Absolutely. Yes. And I also think that she, you know, she is under so much pressure. I mean, I think that, you know, there's also a lot of discussion online about, you know, consequences for her and the bad things that she's done. But I, but I think that she also, she's, she's put herself on under all this pressure as, as a wife and a mother and a, and a, and a showrunner and, um, and, and she's controlling this town and, and there are all these expectations that she's put on herself. And so I, I've also just found it really fascinating that she, that she would kind of gaslight herself. Um, yeah. You know, it felt, it felt really sinister to me that she would allow herself to be manipulated at this fundamental level. Mm, indeed. And and did you also have to rationalise Evan Peters' casting for yourselves in terms of his place in this universe? For example, he's Ralph Boner. Uh, we know that. So did you rationalise it in terms of Evan Peters doesn't exist in this world or he does exist and here's a guy who just happens to look like him? Is Or, or again, am I wasting far too much time worrying about this sort of stuff? Um, no, you're, I mean, you're not wasting time because these are, these are important and interesting questions that I, I can't really answer at this point. I mean, I mm. think for the purposes of our story, you, you know, you see what's on the screen, but you know, Marvel is an exciting and complicated place. Um, mm. So, um, so I think, you know, it's not, it's not entirely a question for me to answer. Okay, interesting. And uh, did you expect? I mean, I love the um, I love the 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 different theme songs that we hear with every single week. But did you expect Agatha all along to catch on to the extent that it has? I did not, and that was silly of me, <laughs> because I mean, it's Bobby and Kristen. I mean, if any if anyone can create a song that catches fire on a global level, it is the two of them, and and then sung by Catherine Hahn, who is like human catnip for anybody who enjoys entertainment um yeah i mean i i what i didn't expect were the remixes which brought all of us so much joy and delight um and i yeah i I didn't know it would be so like pervasive in that way we you know we had high hopes it was it was a you know it was a concept that we came up with early on that we were like well if we have all these theme songs like does agatha commandeer the show and do her own theme song because we we really enjoyed agatha's particular humor Mm -hmm. and that she's so kind of like snarky and inside baseball and like and 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 she's so funny right that she would that she would um do this thing that would be inside the world as opposed to just being like i'm the big villain and like striking someone down that she would she would embody the like holistically the comedy of the the space and then just slay (laughs) we love that idea um and we, I think when we came up with, we didn't know who was cast at the time. And so, I mean, before even Bobby and Kristen, like back in the room, the most that we had that we were excited about was, you know, and I killed Sparky too. That just, I mean, we laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and didn't know, like, like we thought it was so funny and would it make it in? And then the fact that it exists, it's just, it's the best. Yeah. Again, with Agatha, it was an interesting thing. I think I asked you about that for the the the, the cover feature, and um, again, it's something that you couldn't answer at that point. And week by week, we were convinced ourselves in the podcast, week in week out, that Agatha Agnes was Agatha. Then we were convinced she wasn't. Um, at what point did you settle? Was it was it always Agatha all along for you guys? Is that the, is that something you hit hit upon very very early on that she was going to be the the nosy neighbor? Yes. 
Yes, she was always Agatha. We always knew, you know, early, 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 it was a question of, is she a mentor? Is she an antagonist? And and pretty quickly, we realized we wanted to to have her embody more of a of an antagonist. But um, she was always Agatha. We, we thought about giving her a different name um, to sort of throw off the scent more. But I, I, feel, I remember a conversation with Kevin where it was like, well, people are going to figure it out. You know, like it's Catherine Hahn. You know, we, we, you know, we gave her the cameo, like it, it, it just, it's going to, it's going to line up for people who know the comics. And I don't know, I really like the layers of Easter eggs in the Marvel space, because there are some that are really hard to parse. And then there are ones that are right in front of your face, but not everyone is a comic reader. So, you know, it's not, it's not going to jump out for every viewer. And I'm, I'm always thinking about the viewer who knows nothing about Marvel. Yeah. Um, so, so it didn't, it never bothered me that people were guessing from the very, very beginning, because we also wait a very long time to reveal her as the antagonist and as full Agatha Harkness. So there needs to be a little bit of mystery and a little bit of tension around her for those early episodes. Um, so yeah, mm. it's a, it's, it's like barely an Easter egg if she kind of was her all along. <laughs> okay. And of course, what's interesting about the show is that, uh, it really isn't Agatha all along. It is, it is Wanda all along. And, you know, we see that in, in episode eight in particular, that she is behind what happens to Westview and to the people of Westview. And there's really interesting conversations, I think, to be had about her level of guilt and culpability in this and um was it important to you that that it was Wanda without outside interference it was Wanda who was responsible for for everything that happened here before I before Agnes slash Agatha comes along yeah I, I I think that that's very important and 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 Agatha I mean she's just messing with things yeah. like she's not actually responsible for anything and she you know she causes she's like does some things to the kids and vision and she's kind of nasty but but m- the majority of the things that she says to Wanda are true and correct and um yeah. and and she's right you know heroes don't torture people which we you know i i really love that i think it's always fascinating when the when the quote unquote villain of the series is speaking truth mm-hmm. it's always more interesting to me than anything else um but yeah i i it was important to us that it be that it be all Wanda, that it be her responsibility. Because I think, you know, we didn't want, we weren't, we weren't doing, you know, Mephisto or, you know, Nightmare or Grim Reaper or any of these other, you know, people, entities. Yeah. Um, and so, so if we're not, if we're not going to like take the sort of cheap out that there's this other force, right. If we're going to give the gift of, of storytelling to Wanda, give her the full power. She also then has the culpability and has the accountability. You know, she does that walk that we called it the walk of shame through town at the end where everyone is, you know, staring daggers at her. And, you know, I think I've seen, I've read some things online about like, you know, more accountability and more consequences for her. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's not the story that we're telling. Like that's not, that's not what this one is about. She, she does release the town. She, this, the piece that's interesting to me that I talk to my kids about is like, you know, violence begets violence and trauma begets trauma. And, you know, we talk about like how, you know, bullies were bullied. And so that sort of cycle of it is interesting to me conceptually. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, she's got a long journey before her. Um, so I think, you know, everybody just needs to line up for Doctor Strange too. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, there's so much to talk about, Jack. I've only got a few minutes left, so I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, 
race to uh to talk about Wanda and Vision and their their relationship. Um it's it's really interesting to me that the moment that Wanda does lash out and create the hex is when we see that Vision has bought this plot of land for them to build a home in Westview, which I'm sure before the blip was a perfectly lovely town. That was really interesting to me. At what point did you guys happen upon that as the catalyst? Um, yeah. Well, first, I I love that you zeroed in on that it was a perfectly lovely town. Like that was that was part of the sort of the many layers of designing the show of like, okay, well, this is what this place used to be, but we're after the blip. So what does it look like now? And like all of those sort of layers is, is, was the, you know, production design. Um, it did such a great job theorizing all of that. Um, you know, first I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it lashing out. I mean, it is, uh, in my mind, it is an act of creation. This woman has chaos magic and chaos magic is creation magic. Mm-hmm. So she has this, explosion this this detonation of creation um because she is at her most empty she's at her most alone her most isolated and so she she sort of she gives birth is what she does um which you know as a woman makes like for me makes total intuitive Mm. sense um that it's not a destruction um it is it is a creation she is she is bringing life back to her she Mm. does it in in a in the wrong way she you know she sort of takes people hostage and it's a it's a it's a twisted spell um because there is so much selfishness motivating her um and that's the sort of like villainy side of it um so we i can't remember when we came up with it i remember it was laura donnie's idea the 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 heart on the on the deed um and that he had bought her the house um I think it was late later. It was not an early discovery. We knew that she went to the town. We had d- ideas that like, that maybe the town that she loved a particular sitcom and this is where the sitcom was filmed. Like we had a lot of reasons like about w- why this town, cause we knew early that we wanted the town to exist. It is a real town that she takes over because those are the stakes. These are real people. That was, yeah. that was the decision early on. Um, but then to tie it to the emotion of it and to have there be one more reveal, because the big reveal is that she didn't steal Vision's body, right? That's the like Marvel piece of the re- reveal. And I think with some of our best moves in the series, there's there's a Marvel reveal or a Marvel moment followed quickly by a, a arguably more impactful emotional moment, right? She mm-hmm. does the runes um, and she bests Agatha, but then they say goodbye and she brings the hex down on her own terms voluntarily. Um, so this was kind of like that. She leaves Vision's body. We have that answer. But then she goes to this town and we discover how truly heartbreaking the story is. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to thank you for bringing that up because I, I really wanted to talk about how the show goes out and how Wanda, it's about Wanda coming to terms with her own grief and coming to the point where she, you know, because everything's still raw for her three weeks after after Endgame, uh, where she can finally let go these kids that she created out of whole cloth and she can let Vision go, her perfect Vision go, uh, rather than this interesting other Vision who's out in the world somewhere. And that last scene between Paul and Lizzie is just absolutely terrific. I mean, how many iterations of that did you go through, hitting upon things like, you know, like, like their final farewell, the, the idea of, you know, we've said goodbye before, so it sounds reasonable, say hello to, hello again. What was it like for you writing that? How, how difficult was it to coming up with that stuff, that, that, that perfect close? It wasn't. 
Yeah, it wasn't. The last bit of that scene where they're standing together and they say, you know, we've said goodbye before and his questions about who he is and, mm. and um, all that, that was, that was early stuff. Um, the, you know, the, 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 the finale took forever to write and was being rewritten almost to the end in terms of like all of the action pieces and the logic pieces of like Scarlet Witch's power and like all of that stuff, you know, and then, you know, COVID, there was some, you know, logistical rewriting, but that scene was shot early it was shot um a long time ago it was early in the production schedule because it was written early in the in this in um in the process um and it was the heart of the show for me it it you know some of that language was part of my pitch um it was originally she had to perform a binding spell to bind her back to him uh, back to herself um so that that sort of like magic piece of it shifted but it was always and when i pitched it to paul i pitched it as this like him saying I've been all these things what could I be next that was always really important to me and and I could see it very very clearly um and also it was a little bit born of the fact that that we've been here before with them you know they've done this before which is horrible and kind of crazy that as storytellers we signed up to to tell what could be seen as the same story over again mm. but that was my way of sort of reconciling at that, that that's so beautiful. Like they are, this is what makes them special and magical is that they've been at this precipice before. And, and, you know, this is a, you know, vision is a man as a, is a synthesoid of, stati of statistics. Right. Mm. So it actually does make scientific and probable sense that there will be more. <laughs> and again, the contrast between their farewell and Infinity War, where Wanda is sobbing, it is breaking her heart, it's breaking his heart as well. Neither of them mm. want to do it. This time, this time they're more at peace with it. He's more at peace with the idea. Listen, you know, look at what I am now. Look at what I could be tomorrow. And she's she's finally able to let go of him in 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 that way. Yeah. Well, that that I mean, that was always the goal of the show. That was always the 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 end point. The finish line was acceptance. Um, yeah. And we worked very hard to give, you know, Paul a really thorough arc for himself. And so it, it landed with acceptance, you know, for him too, an acceptance of himself and his identity and how multifaceted that identity is. But yeah, I mean, that was always, that was always the goal as opposed to, you know, having people wrenched away from her that she has to, she has to say goodbye voluntarily on her own terms in her own way. And that that would afford her um, a measure of peace that we've, we've never seen her mm. possess before. It's notable that she says to Billy and Tommy, "Thank you, thanks for choosing me to be your mother." Where did that Where did that line come yeah. from? Yeah, you know what? That was written by Laura Donnie. Um, okay, uh, she she is so good with these delicate scenes, and um, and she helped me with that scene. And it's so funny because um, I'm a mom; she's not a mom. But there's something really beautiful about that sentiment. I do feel that way about my children. That that you know, in this world for Wanda. Um, vision and the children are the only entities that she cannot control. Um, and it's because they were created whole cloth by her. And there's something mystical about that. And that's how I feel about my own kids. Like, where did they come from? I don't know. Like, yes, I'm responsible for bringing them into this world. But, but at some point, that responsibility, that like ownership, like has a limit. And then, and then there's like this huge chasm of, of mystery. 
Um, and, and yeah, there's a, there's a notion of like, they had some agency in it. So if you're asking if there's like a, you know, there's like a larger MCU thing to that, I have no answer. It's much more about the emotional side of it. And that Wanda in that moment recognizes the gift that, Mm. that is, these children. Uh, I do have to wrap up, Jack, but I, I, I've got so many questions that, you know, the, the, you know, Hayward, what was he arrested for? What happened to the beekeeper? <laughs> Why did those cops think that Westview didn't exist? Uh, all that sort of stuff. But uh, well, I'll answer that one. Okay. I'll answer that one. The, yep. the, um, so that, that was, we refer to it as, as, um, as Wanda's quarantine, that mm-hmm. she has like a light, of amnesia um or like around the perimeter of mm. of westview there was a lot more sort of we had we we cut for pacing a lot of a lot of writing um that had to do with like logistics of who knows what and how many miles outside of westview are people not remembering that westview exists and like so the truck routes go around westview and so that like so what does that do to the people at those corporations and you know like and people who have you know um, loved ones inside of Westview. We had a whole plot line about this guy who was like trying to reach his grandma and like how he could remember her because he lives in LA. And so he was far enough away. And yeah. anyway, so the idea is that she put, she put a perimeter around Westview as, as protection and, and Monica alludes to it in, in episode five. Amazing. But the, but the last thing I wanted to ask specifically yeah. was Sorry. that. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. That was, that was amazing. Thank you. Um, uh-huh. and the, the beekeeper guy, that's, that's another time, another time. But the, um, <laughs> The, the show leaves us with a very different version of Wanda. She's now the Scarlet Witch. You know, the, the MCU has avoided calling her that and avoided having her become that up until mm-hmm. now. And a very different version of Vision as well. Um, can you talk about getting this to that point? Was that always the, the end game, for want of a better word, for those two mm-hmm. characters? For Wanda, you know, the, the like end, end, end where we actually last see her, um, you know, that's about the connective tissue between our show and, and the next. Um, so was that directed by Matt, by the way, or was that directed by Sam Raimi, that last shot? I actually was, I, I, I don't. I would need Marvel to, to tell me about that. I was not on set for that. I'm okay. pretty sure that's Matt, but I'm okay. not on set. I wasn't on set for that one <laughs> right, um, no for COVID reasons. Um, uh, I was, yeah, the tags are always shot really late. Um, okay. So, so, you know, my job was what we just discussed, the acceptance piece, the like full emotional arc of the story and the story of Westview. That That's my department. Um, and then the handoff to the next, um, uh, show, you know, that's the sort of like, you know, that's the tag and, you know, where they pick up. Um, so, so the, where, from where I'm sitting, you know, we land, the intention was to land Wanda in this place of acceptance, but also with this enormous amount of new power. Um, and, you know, we all know the saying about with great power. Um, and so, and I also think her exchange with Agatha, I don't know, it gives her so much confidence you know, like she really, she so fully steps into herself um, that I, I, the enormity of her power um, in my mind starts to make some sort of like normal human concerns about what's right and wrong. They a little bit drift away because she is Mm -hmm. this, she is this being that is so, so, so different. Um, So we leave her with this curiosity about, about who she is and and what she can do. Um, And and yeah, I mean, that was that was the priority. And when we'll see what happens in in the next story. Um, and then and then as far as, you know, 
vision mm. that, you know, that's all, who knows, who knows what's happening next <laughs> with, with that. Who with knows that where crazy he is. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> vision, that crazy cat. I can see an animated spinoff, <laughs> which would be huge. I just, it just it struck me at the end when, when Wanda, when Agatha says heroes don't torture people. And then Wanda responds by torturing Agatha with a little cruel smile on her face as she yeah. wipes her mind. I thought that was uh, a very interesting and bold move as well. Well, I, I mean, you, yes, I, I agree with that. And I, I love that that's what she does to Agatha. That I always, I, I, there were a lot of discussions about, you know, logistically what would be important um, for that character. And that was, that was always my vote was I like imprison her in this thing that she technically chose and would be the absolute last thing that she wanted. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Wanda's cruel. She absolutely is. Mm. She is, um, she has so much anger she is so reactionary. She, she operates on this emotional level. Um, and I find that fascinating about her. Um, I think she has an enormous galactic capacity for love and connection. But the flip side of that is she has the same capacity for, for rage and vengeance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens next. But uh, Jack, I feel I must let you go because I can, I can feel a sniper beam on my head right, 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 right now. I'm saying, stop talking. I can talk to you about the show all day. I have so, so many questions, uh, including the beekeeper. What happened to that guy? But we'll get to that another time. Uh, it's okay. been a pleasure. Thank you so much indeed, Jack Schaefer. Thank you so much. So much fun. Thank you. Thank have you. Cheers. And that is that from Jack Schaefer, and that is that from the Empire Podcast WandaVision spoiler specials, folks. I hope you enjoyed them, even the bits where we went mad with kazoos. As ever, thank you so much for subscribing to the Empire Podcast spoiler special channel. It really means a lot to us. And do stay subscribed and keep them peeled, because we're now into the cycle of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier spoiler specials. And yes, there's some kazoo madness there as well. Plus, there's plenty of movie-related shows coming your way, also including Ammonite with Francis Lee, Greenland with Rick Roman Wall, Godzilla vs. Kong with Adam Wingard, and Promising Young Woman with Emerald Fennell. And more, much, much more coming your way over the next few weeks and months. Right, that's enough from me. It's time for me to leave. You know, I've been a name in your magazines, a face on your fitty bloggysodes, and a voice in your ears. Who knows what I might be next? <laughs>